Welcome back to Second and Short. It is Wednesday, July 26, 2023, and this is actually our second time recording this episode because we just spent two hours doing this entire episode, and I didn't click record, so we recorded none of it. We had a, a, a full episode, MLB, NFL, uh, like SEC season preview, top three, bottom three. It was very fun, and it's gone. It, it actually it never existed. Genuinely, it never existed. It was just a conversation that we had. Um, but, you know, we can't leave you guys out to dry. So we cut it down a little bit, cut out a little, uh, a few pieces just to, to run this down because we started this at 730. It's now 930, and we're, we're kind of crunched for time. So, Colin, welcome back to the show. Are you excited to talk about this stuff again? Let's run it back, baby. I'm excited. Yeah. Well... So, like I said, we cut down a few things. So we we got rid of the NFL news. It just wasn't essential stuff. Uh, But MLB recap, MLB trade predictions, SEC season preview, and the top three, bottom three, lunch table snacks, which was so much fun the first time we recorded. Hopefully we can relive that. But, Colin, let's start in the MLB. Winners and losers, as I do every week. South Relic. Wow. What a start. Oh, my God. Like, what a beginning to a career for a young guy like this. Three for three, two RBIs, one run, and the game-winning sack fly, and two insane catches to rob hits off of the Braves. Like, what a performance to start your career. I'm I'm pretty sure his uh, – the second one robbed the home run off of Zuna. I'm, I'm almost positive. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It was at least high up the wall. Yeah, I think it was going to, like, hit the top of the wall and go out. From how it looked, but nonetheless, what a fucking debut. What a fucking weekend he had. Yeah, for real. And um, across those couple of games, he got five-plus hits and a home run. He becomes the second Brewer to ever do that in their first three career games, the other being Paul Molitor. That's, hey, what a name to be next to, especially in Brewer's history. Yeah, it's huge. Um, also, with that debut game becomes the first player in Brewers franchise history with three plus hits and two RBIs in his MLB debut. It just had to be against the Braves, man. It just yeah, of course. had to be against the Braves. Of course it did. Uh, but the loser, on the other hand, comes from the Brewers as well. It's their scoreboard operator. The Brewers <laughs> on their scoreboard displayed... I'm sorry, I just totally said that wrong. The Brewers displayed on their scoreboard that Ellie De La Cruz... Uh, they put like a little trivia thing that Ellie De La Cruz almost hit a home run in the first inning, but didn't. And uh, Ellie De La Cruz, uh, you know, I, I think this was instant karma because he sent a ball 456 feet out of almost out of the stadium during that at bat. So, uh, fuck that scoreboard operator. He should be fired. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you think about if he went 0 for 4 the rest of the game with strikeouts. Yeah, it's it's cool and all, but he made you look so dumb. That ball that De La Cruz hit was fucking mashed. Oh yeah, like a- absolute fucking cock shot. And like you said, instant karma. That's it's just a joke that was thought to be funny, turned wrong. Yeah, didn't work out for the Brewers, <laughs> but. My next winner, the Oakland Athletics, which I know is is an interesting thing to hear as they're twenty eight and seventy four, but 
they've been winning a little bit more than we're used to this season, and they've started to catch up to the Royals. They're one game behind the Royals, and early in the season, the A's were on pace for the worst record in the modern era, and now they've got a shot at not even being the worst team in baseball this season. They're turning it around. All they needed to do is get rid of uh, Fujinami. I guess so. <laughs> but no, overall, like their their pitching staffs looking a lot better, not giving up twelve runs a game. Um, but they're just, they're starting to play more consistent baseball, which is what you want. Yeah, that's a big part of it, and they do have some injuries right now. But once those guys come back and, and kind of continue to bring some health back into this lineup, like it, it's going to be. Uh, oh, okay team. They're certainly not going to be good. Definitely not even going to be like average. good enough. Yeah, definitely not average, but they're okay. And I think I think okay is a great word to put it. Yeah. If they just need to be more okay than the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> <laughs> but my next loser, uh, Mason Engler of the Tigers, came in to relieve against Ooh. the uh, Padres and did – Quite the opposite of give them relief. He instead pitched 2.1 innings, give up 10 hits, 9 earned runs, 1 walk, 1 strikeout. Jesus. Yeah, a absolutely brutal showing for the guy. But he, but he shit the bed. Yeah. Who are they playing against? The, the Padres. Brother. Brother. Yeah. So The Padres have explosive offense that can annihilate any pitcher, but come on. Yeah. What is the manager doing leaving him in for that long? Yeah, that's what I don't get. How does a reliever, first of all, even go 2.1 innings in the first place? Like, you don't even need to do that. But 10 hits, 9 earned runs, and you never got a hint to be like, oh, we should probably take this guy out. It's just like, what is that manager smoking? Because let me get some of it. <laughs> like, it was a close game before he I'm, came in, dude. I'm, and I'm pretty sure, like, he gave up, like, two or three runs, and boom, it's tied 3-3. Pull him out there. Yeah. He, that like, should have been his last draw. He came in in the third inning, which, like, look, Matt Manning, pretty, like, not a bad outing, but he got pulled. I think he was injured. And Engler just came in and fucked it up, dude. Like, you come in in the third, or you come in, uh, I guess, when did he come in? The, uh, uh, he came in uh, the second. Yeah, yeah. Matt or no, Matt Manning pitched two innings. Engler comes in in the third and immediately gives up four runs, and they lose the 3-0 lead in the third inning. And then they keep him out there for the whole fourth, and he gives up one run. So now you're down 5-3, and then he gives up another five th- with one out in the fifth. Like, Jeez. come on. What is we doing? Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, but big winner of last week, Austin Riley. He went absolutely insane. Took home NL Player of the Week because he went five straight games with a home run and had 16 RBIs in those five games. That tied the longest home run streak by a Brave in franchise history and the most RBIs in a five-game span since RBIs came in official stat in 1920. I just want you to know I'm I'm flexing right now because I fucking called it. Yes, you did. I'll give you the credit. But I think everybody knew Austin Riley would turn it up. Look, he's just he's not the kind of guy to just suck. 
and um, <laughs> he certainly didn't last week. Yeah, he's he's coming back to that Austin Riley we all know and love. Oh yeah, that captain of the infield, that big country batting <laughs> in that three spot. Thick country. Yeah, sir. Bro, but this thing like the home runs he's hitting aren't like moonshots. No. They're line drives that still have backspin as they're leaving the yard. Yeah, they just kind of get out. The dude's bat speed is insane. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's been so been goddamn out. good since the All-Star break. But unfortunately, I have to do this. The loser here, Shintaro Fujinami. <laughs> I, I, I'm still riding for him. I'm not going to give up on him. But the new Orioles pick up through his first pitch for them, and it went 359 feet over the fence. Uh, for a home run for Jose Siri. It's tough. It is so tough because I really, like, and look, he's got time. He just got to Baltimore. But I was really hoping this would be, like, an immediate turnaround for him. Comes out and throws a no-no his first start. <laughs> that, that would be crazy. I, I don't think he's starting anymore. I think he's coming out of the pen. Uh, makes sense because, like, you don't want to fix Baltimore's starting rotation right now because yeah. it's working. Yeah. Don't fix something that's not broken. Yeah. Uh, my next winner, though, Taylor Swift. And in turn, Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo changed his walk-up song to Taylor Swift's Ready For It. And he went four for four with a home run. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not familiar with the song. I, I haven't listened to much Taylor Swift. Uh, oh, I'm not, I know it very well. Okay. Is it a popular one? Yes. Okay. Right. It's not my vibes. It's, just give it a listen after the pod. But uh, now this just shows you, ladies and gentlemen, you need to be very precise on what you choose for your walk-up song. It's a it's a big, big thing for like the tone of your at bat. Exactly. Maybe play you a little Taylor Swift. Go four for four with the home run. Hey, or man. maybe you stay with Kendrick Lamar and you go zero for four with four strikeouts. Is that what he had before? No, I don't know. I oh, just okay. know one of my teammates had Kendrick Lamar, and I think he had two hits all season. Shout out that guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, actually, while we're talking about walk-up songs, who are some guys that you like their walk-up song? Um, dude, oh, Ozzy Albies. What's... Oh, he had the uh, – I know at least like last year he had the Pop Smoke one. Yeah. That um, one was really good. We're talking about MLB guys that we like their walk-up songs, right? Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I've only been to Braves games. So well, what really other know. sport would you be talking about? Or no, like not like – like maybe like some college or high school guys. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh I, I drew a blank, bro. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to say Austin Riley. I think he has a great one. The uh, I think it was the Stone Cold's entrance. Yes. Yeah. Also, uh, no, dude, Travis Darno. Yes. This is the way I live. <laughs> Little boy still pushing big bills. It's fantastic. So walk. good. So good. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, let's go. My last loser. Teams with the nickname the Giants. 
that played teams with the nickname Tigers on July 24th. And this sounds specific because it is. Uh, not only did the Detroit Tigers beat the San Francisco Giants 5-1 to on July 24th, but over in Japan, in the Nippon Professional Baseball the Hanshin Tigers beat the Yomi Murray, or sorry, Yomiuri Giants the exact same day. Huh. Tough scenes. Now, Grayson. Yes. I think we're forgetting a massive loser over this past weekend. Okay. And that's Logan Webb. Yeah. And his start against the Washington Nationals, who are 40 and 58. He pitches one and one-third inning, gives up five hits, six runs, two Ks, one walk. Yeah. To bring his record to eight and eight. Brutal showing. How are you going to do that against the Nationals? I, I don't know. He gave up a home run to C.J. Abrams, bro. C.J. fucking Abrams. Yeah, that man does not have home run power. Like, what, like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's crazy. Logan Webb, you suck. You, <laughs> you know, actually, I'm looking at the averages right now for the Washington Nationals. They have good it, players. If you look at this, they're a better hitting team than the Yankees. Yeah, it, it's not hard. The Yankees yeah. do suck. Just saying. Bro, Lane Thomas is batting 290. Yeah, he's been probably their best. Yeah. But, All right, yeah. Um, that's the end of the winners and losers. Let's talk about this Hall of Fame class um, for next year. So we saw Fred McGriff, Scott Rowland got their plaques, uh, and they had the Hall of Fame dinner. Um, we saw the uh, the table of guys that they took a picture of with, like, Chipper and Frank Thomas, Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, I think I saw something of it. The table, like that table specifically, had, like, a total of, like, over 4,000 home runs. Jeez. <laughs> Crazy. That's but insane. With last year's or with this year's inductees leads us to next year's ballot. And we've got quite the crop. We've got a pretty good amount of returning players with Carlos Beltran, Todd Helton, Andrew Jones, Manny Ramirez, Alex Rodriguez, Gary Sheffield, and Billy Wagner. Arguably all of these guys should make it in. And then the newcomers to the ballot beef this up even more. Adrian Beltre, who I think is a shoe-in first ballot. Adrian Gonzalez, who will make it at some point, maybe not first ballot. Joe Maurer is a guy that certainly deserves to be there, um, but you know he'll re- they'll really have to argue his case. Chase Utley is a guy that I think certainly makes it down the road. And then David Wright, who I think is questionable here just because of longevity, and the fact that he didn't really win all that much for the Mets, but still a fantastic player. No, I 100% agree. Adrian Beltre, it, it's just remarkable yeah. what his late his late in the career, that surge he had to get to 3,000. Yeah. Like, he, he ranks third in war with, I think, a 93.6. Mm-hmm. And the only two beating him, uh, dude, it's I got so, it's Eddie Matthews and Mike Schmidt. Yes, dude, how do I not remember that? We said it earlier. 
I was about to the same thing. I was about. I was. I know. I was about to hit you with the. Do you know who's number one at one one hundred six point three? But no. But he's higher than Chipper, higher than George Brett, higher than Brooks Robinson. People who are already in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So the numbers that he put up at three thousand hits definitely looks good. Oh yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, he's he's a shoe in for sure. Yeah. Um. I, I, okay, so I've always had this weird image of Joe Maurer because somehow I managed to just kind of miss his entire career. I don't know why or how that happened, but, like, I wasn't really watching baseball that much in, like, you know, late 2000s. I wasn't really old enough to, like, pay attention to it in, like, early bro. 2010s. Oh, we were playing the bigs on the PS2. Yeah, but like I wasn't paying attention to like the games. Bro, Joe Maurer was so good. I, I get that now, but like the only Joe Maurer I knew was like 2015 to 2018 when he was kind of on the decline. Like he was still a good player, but he was on a team that wasn't good and was just getting completely ignored. And um, I just I don't know, I don't I don't have like this idea of him being this good. Dude was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> like his MVP season is crazy. Yeah, and dude, hit, um, behind the plate, the dude was raw. Yeah, dude, insanely good catcher. Like in in his MVP season, two thousand nine, he batted three sixty five, four forty four on base percentage, a five eighty seven slugging, a ten thirty one OPS, and a one seventy one OPS plus. All of that leading the American League and led the entire league in batting average and on-base percentage. He hit 28 homers, had 96 RBIs, 76 walks, and didn't even play all 162. Only played 138. I mean, now you look look at it, and you got people like short-ass second baseman that are hitting 22 homers in the first half. Yeah. Like, the the game's changing so much. Yeah, it, it is. But, like, Defense-wise, even just in that season alone, 2009, at the catcher position, he was crazy. There was, I think, two catchers that might have been better than him. One, of course, being Yachty. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of the other one. I can't fucking remember. Like in, two, like in those years? Yeah. Like at oh. that time. Oh, fuck it. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't either. Uh, but nonetheless, Joe Maurer, when you look at it, he's got to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you bat 306 for your career, and you played from 2004 to 2018. You should probably make it in the Hall. He'll he'll at least make it in the Twins Hall of Fame. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll definitely make it there. But, yeah, I, I think there's a fantastic crop of players here. Just for like the inductees for 2024. Obviously, Alex Rodriguez is going to get shit on for the steroids, and same goes for Mary Ramirez. But there's no reason Andrew Jones and Todd Helton shouldn't already be in. You know, they should make it in. Billy Wagner certainly should be in. Gary Sheffield's got a fantastic case, especially with the home runs. Um, and then when it comes to the newcomers, we already said it. Beltre is a first ballot. Mauer's certainly got a chance to be first ballot. Chase Utley is going to make it. 
Adrian Gonzalez is going to make it, and David Wright is is questionable, but might still make it. Yeah, that's it, this is a fantastic group of guys. Yeah, and even better ball players. Oh yeah, um, let's talk some trades. Uh, we had a couple of trades that have already been completed. The most recent being Kike Hernandez returning to the Dodgers from the White Sox. Uh, that one they dealt. Red Sox. Uh, uh, yeah, Red Sox. Sorry. Um, the Red Sox in return got two pitching prospects out of the Dodgers. Um, but I, I like the deal. I don't know how much it really does for the Dodgers, but I, I guess it helps. I think maybe like when it comes to it, he'll uh, play a utility role with the. Uh, Chris Taylor, he'll yeah. flip flop between them because Chris Taylor's not really having that good of a year. Yeah, so it, just, it gives them more depth, and that's what good teams do for their runs in October because you never know who's going to get hurt. So the more depth you can have, the better your chances are that you will still have a fighting team. Yeah, yeah, I think that's big. Um, and then the other, uh, the other trades, uh, Miami acquired Jose Castillo from the do- or from the Padres for cash considerations. Um, the Blue Jays got Genesis Cabrera from the Cardinals. I love then, that. Yeah, I love that pickup. And then the Braves picked up two relievers, uh, one being Taylor Hearn from the t- from the Rangers for cash considerations, and the other being Pierce Johnson from the Rockies for Victor Vodnik and Tanner Gordon. I think I'm more excited about the, uh, the Hearn trade. Yeah. I think because he's the big lefty that it's just going to give us some wicked movement in the bullpen. Yeah, which, I'm, like, there's already very good bullpen pitchers. But for some mm-hmm. reason, the inconsistencies, especially kind of in June and July, have been so bad. Yeah, and I, I mean, our bullpen, especially with A.J. out, is very right-hand heavy. Mm-hmm. So to throw in that lefty is really good. Actually, besides A.J., I'm trying to think, is there another lefty in our bullpen besides uh, Dylan Lee? But he's hurt. I don't know, because I was thinking of Tyler Matzik, but he's hurt as well, isn't he? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take a look. but I, I don't think there's another lefty in the bullpen right now. No, there's got to be. Uh, We're not that dumb to have only righty. Kirby Yates is a righty. Joey Mendes yeah. is a righty. Yeah. Colin McHugh is a righty. Righty. Pierce Johnson, who's the new addition, is a righty. Yeah. I think we have just righties. <laughs> that's that's horrible. Like the only oh, uh Luke Gee is a righty. Yes. But or no, Kirby, a is Kirby it's a lefty. No, no, he only Kirby's he, a righty. Yeah, he throws right. Overall, yeah. it just shows you we are very right hand heavy in the bullpen. Yes. I think that's why a lot of people were pushing for the Braves to go after Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. I think it's just to add a dominant left-handed, left-hander. But uh, no, I, I like I like this Hearn pickup. I, I really do. Yeah, I like it as well. Um, but then when you get to the rumors, there's a lot of guys that could be on the move. Uh, I'm going to go through a couple of trade predictions I have where I've laid out the player and the compensation. So I'll start here. Uh, Mitch Keller stays in the division and goes to the Cincinnati Reds 
Uh, in turn, the Pirates would receive Levi Stout, who's kind of an aging AAA uh, pitcher. He's pitched in four MLB games this season, but at 25, he kind of needs to get into the league or leave. Um, and then I think Cincinnati would have to include a couple other pieces, probably smaller pieces, uh, to pick up Mitch Keller. Yeah, I like that. It's just, it's so, I hate it when people look at in trading in division because, like, why are you trying to make your opponent better? Yeah, which sometimes there's not much else you can do. If they give you the better offer, you got to take it. Yeah. But, no, one trade, I, so I've been hearing a lot about what's going on over there for the Chicago White Sox. Yeah. And the Braves are looking at, they're talking mainly to the Braves and the Astros. So the Braves, I think, are definitely going to get a Chicago White Sox pitcher. It's just not Dylan Cease. Yeah. He's going to be asking for way too much. Uh, but Lucas Giolito, on the other hand, is a guy I would really love to have in the ATL. Yeah, I think he'd be a great pickup. Yeah, and we we have plenty of farm to make a trade for him. Yeah, that's the best thing that the Braves have going for them is pitching prospects that they can give up. Yeah. You think the Braves are ready to trade away Jared Schuster? Uh, I don't know. I think there's – I think if you were going a little bigger, I'd give up Schuster. Like maybe if they were trying to get Dylan Cease. If they were trying to get Dylan Cease, I'd give up either Dylan Dodd or Jared Schuster and a couple other guys. What about both Dodd and Schuster? I don't know. I no? don't know about that. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Where's Vaughn Grissom going to go? Hopefully not Atlanta. Do we make a trade with... Um... Crap, dude, I already forgot. Dude, I, I forgot already. <laughs> Look, guys, we're rough. We already recorded this episode. It's <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> oh, I got it. Cubs. Yeah. For who? Do we... So, listen, Bellinger and Strowman are the top two guys that are going to be leaving Chicago yeah. for another team. And we don't need Bellinger. No, but I sure shit would love to have Marcus Strowman. Yeah, I, I'd certainly take it. I, I think our our priority needs to be more on the relief pitching. But yeah. I, I wouldn't hate to get another starter. Yeah, I mean, just because we don't know what's going on with Kyle Wright. It's, yeah. And Max Freed is still fighting that injury. Yep. So they're not 100%, and we don't know exactly when they will be 100%. So, But here's the thing. We need to win now because the way we're playing right now, I think the series against the Brewers was the first series we won since being back, right? Yes. That's unacceptable. Yeah. But, no. You got any other, other, other trades? Uh, yeah, I think that Lucas Giolito could also go to the Reds. Um, I think that if Chicago puts Lucas Giolito and then possibly another probably lower-tier prospect with him, they send him to the Reds for Jonathan Indio and Ricky Karcher just because I, I think that Jonathan India could certainly take over at second base over like an aging player like Elvis Andrews. 
which mm-hmm. kind of seems like a good move for them for the future, but you know, they don't need the stuff in the now. And right now is pitching. Pitching is the priority at the deadline this year for everybody. And um, I just, I don't know. This this trade seems like a good fit for Giolito. Okay. I like that. So you, you Reds are all in, right? They got to be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They have to be. The way their team's playing this year. And it's just, the, dude, it's like every week we talk about those rookies. And it's, they're just so good. Yeah. It's insane, like the the crazy crop of rookies that they have. With obviously Ellie De La Cruz, Matt McLean, Spencer Steer, uh, and Christian Encarnacion Strand. Uh, you have Noel V. Marte still in the minors. You have Andrew Abbott pitching. Like it's so crazy how many yeah, good players they have. The fucking GM for the Reds needs a fucking Pedro's. Yeah, no kidding. It, they've put together something crazy out there. Um, another trade that I have kind of drawn up, uh, I think the Cardinals are definitely going to be trading off pieces. And um, I think that Jack think, Flaherty is the one that I think goes the most. Yeah, I think they're about to have a damn fire sale. Yeah. I think the only person that's safe on there is Paul Goldschmidt. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Nolan Arenado, there's a chance he gets traded, but – I'm going to start here with Jack Flaherty. I think he goes to Toronto. I think that works well. Hinjin Ryu is injured and hasn't been very good. They need help. They need consistency in that rotation. I think Jack Flaherty could bring that. Obviously, it'd take a little bit of a turnaround for him. But I think he'd still be a great addition. You could give up a guy like uh, Adam Mako, who's getting a little bit old for advanced A, and then also give up an infielder like maybe Santiago Espinal or Kevin Biggio because – you know, one of those great hitter, one of them great defender, and I think throwing them at second base once Tommy Edmund gets healthy, putting him over at short to replace Paul DeYoung, who I just don't think has been very good, um, would be a great move. Yeah, I I agree. But dude, where do you think who do you think is going to make the biggest push for Nolan Arenado? It's between the Yankees and Dodgers because they have the talent to give up, and they have the need for a third baseman. Okay. Damn, Nolan Arenado in LA. It would be insane. I don't know. Play, the plays that we'd see. Him and Freddie on a nightly basis. Oh. Oh my god. Damn. I don't know what's scarier. Him or Machado when Machado was with the Dodgers. True. Yeah, Machado was a dog with the Dodgers. Nothing will beat primetime Machado with the Orioles though. Facts. The plays he used to make, dude. Oh my god. It was so good. So good. Absolutely right. insane. Also, while we're talking, the Braves just turned a triple play. No way. Yeah, an eight three five triple play. What? <laughs> hey, so Michael Michael yeah, Michael Harrison center to first base to third. I'm guessing runners on first and second. Dude, I don't I, know. I'm going to have to watch it. I have no idea. I'm going to try and find a video while we talk, but that is absurd. Yeah, it's fucking obnoxious. Okay. Yeah, I got the video. Braves just tweeted it out. All right. Let's All see. Right. So, the, yeah, the Red Sox fly out to center. Harris throws it to first. 
gets the player on the force play. Olsen throws to third, trying to get the guy tagging up from second. He gets him out at third, triple play. I'll fucking take it, bro. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> it's fucking Red Sox. Yeah, what a bunch of doofuses. Yeah, but back to trade talk. Um, Yeah, I think Nolan Arenado certainly could fit out in L.A., and I think for the Yankees-wise, like, yeah, they could pick him up, but you'd have to give up a decent amount, and I think you'd almost have to give up too much to cons- like to still be in contention. Okay. But for the Yankees, they could go after maybe a, a lower-tier, less expensive kind of third baseman like Jammer Candelario from the Nationals. You know, they've got they got nothing to lose. They're they're gonna hand out whatever they can. And I think Candelario kind of fits. You get a you get a good switch hitting third baseman, not a bad fit there with Donaldson on the sixty day. Like, you know, you kind of cover your bases. Yeah. Also sorry, I just got a little distracted because the Mets are absolutely mollywhopping the Yankees right now. <laughs> I saw it was four zero earlier. It's nine three. Oh my god. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of like in city matchups. So you get the Mets Yankees, and you get the Cubs White Sox. Nice. And you got Houston. You got the Astros Rangers. So it's definitely you got Giants Athletics. The only thing we're missing right now is really the Angels versus Dodgers. Yeah. And hell, you have the Tampa Bay. You have the Rays Marlins. Yeah. So it's a lot, but yeah. All right. So I want to talk to you about this. Okay. What's going on with the, with the, with Scherzer and Verlander? Are we going to see anything or no? No, no. Uh, Unfortunately, no. I I thought Scherzer was going to leave. Now it just doesn't seem likely with Verlander. He's only been there half a season, dude. He hasn't even pitched the full time. He's been there and it hasn't gone very well. It's a lot of money to pick up between the two of them, especially yeah. like considering they haven't been good this year. It's a lot of money to pick up and, and kind of gamble on. They're older pitchers. You know, we don't know if this is just a, a bad start to the year or if it's just the beginning of the end. Okay. See, I think I think Scherzer's gone. Where do you think he's going? I think he's going. I got two landing spots for him. One, Baltimore. Yeah. Two, Arizona. I think between the two, Arizona would probably be the more he's likely. Going, he's going back home, man. Yeah. I I always forgot that he played for Arizona. Yeah. I, I was just so used when he was with the Dodgers and Tigers. The Nationals, the Tigers. It's just he's starting to become one of those guys. He's about to be the next Steve Ciszek. <laughs> that's tell you, that's a great dude. If you're ever stumped on Immaculate Grid, just yeah. put Steve Ciszek. Dude, I gotta I okay, you brought up Immaculate Grid, so I have to to brag about the Immaculate Grid I did the other day. Um what day was that? Was that Monday? Yeah. I think yeah. that's when you were bragging about it. Monday's Immaculate Grid, I went ape shit, bro. This was your like this was your like rarity score though, solo? Yeah. I got a forty eight or no forty six rarity score. 
I don't even think I did mine today. Or wait, was this yesterday? Yesterday would be Monday. Oh, yeah. I, I don't even know. I can't keep up with how many days are in a week or when the days are in the week, whatever it is. Yes, Monday, insane grid. Um, I think I had like a 0.4 percenter was my best, but my highest was a 13%. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I had I had to brag. I, I'm a I'm a I'm a proud immaculate gritter. The one today was hard to score low. I, I didn't even do it. Low. <laughs> I was trying to score low, but it's just like there's just so many obvious answer, answers. Yeah, I think I saw it on Twitter this morning, and I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. It was fun, but all right, enough of the immaculate crew. Yeah. Um, any other guys that you think? Oh, I guess let's talk about Otani. Um, it doesn't yeah. seem like he's leaving. I don't think he is, and I don't. Yeah, I certainly don't think he is either. Um, I think I think they're just going to take the risk, and for the rest of the season, and just try to get like uh, to the off season. Yeah, I I think the hard part is that like you know. I don't want to go through all these mock trades again because we went through all eight of them last go round of this episode. But to to put it in short, every single package that they've predicted is all prospects. Yeah, and I don't know if that's what the Angels want. I don't think it is. I think they want guys who can win now. Yeah, because look, they're still kind of in contention, so they have reason to keep Otani. So you got to give him one hell of a deal to keep, like to to pull him away. Yeah, you just you brought up a good point, man. The uh, the standings right now for wild card are so close. Yeah, in both leagues. You know. It's it's very, very close, especially in the National League. But the Angels, when it comes to the American League, aren't far. Like, they're they're right there with everybody else. They're, yeah, they're four games back, but that's not a hard hill to climb. Especially when four of the teams that are ahead of you are in the same division, and they're going to be ripping at each other's throats the whole time. Exactly. You just got to keep fighting. And I think their best chance is with Otani. Uh, yeah, with as an angel. Yeah, you give up Otani, you're going to be losing, you know, every every five games. <laughs> yeah, and what? So Mike Trout comes back in what? I think it's like four weeks now. Yeah, somewhere around there. Or it's like the middle of the end of August. Yeah, so four weeks. Yeah. So, I mean, once you get Trout back, hopefully you can stay healthy and you can make that late push because right now the Angels' offense is clicking. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: You think they're buyers? Honestly, I think they're soft buyers. Okay. They're going to pick up like one or two guys, small pickups. Yeah, I think they're okay. going to get like one or two bats and maybe like one average pitcher. Okay. Like there could be like something like Jordan Montgomery from the Cardinals. Yeah. I can see them try to make a move for um, because he compliments Reed Detmers very well. Two different style pitching, mm-hmm. uh, both from the left-hand side. But then you also have Otani, who's fucking throwing godly stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think the Angels will be soft buyers, and I think they might get rid of, like, a couple of the top guys in the farm system. Like, I can see Joe Joe Adele going somewhere trying to get, like, a pretty decent bat. Yeah. He 
could be a guy that gets traded off because like he's not even a prospect anymore. He spent he has enough service time in the MLB. He's not a prospect, but yeah. still down there. Um, but like their their farm system is kind of weak. Yeah, there's not a lot of guys, so they would really have to like make a decent package and maybe yeah. give up give up some people like Matt Tice or David Fletcher. Yeah, I do think that they could certainly get away with giving up a guy like um, Edward Cuero, who's in their farm system, double A catcher. He's 20 years old, but yeah. you have a young catcher already, 23 years old, Logan O'Hop, who has been pretty damn good this year. So why not kind of throw him out? Like throw out Ed, Edgar and pick up some pitching or, you know, give up like a couple of your a little bit younger guys. Just look, Otani's leaving in the summer. Whether you keep him or not at the trade deadline, he's leaving. Yeah. And hopefully he's in the ATO. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know about that. but It's a lot of money, but if anybody gonna can have make to it buy, happen, it's, it's We're going to have to buy a lot of stocks if we want Otani. <laughs> oh, dude, kids. Dude, I just—I'm gonna have a dream that Otani's a brave. Yeah, and that the top of the lineup is him, Acuna, and Riley, and Olson, and Albies, and Sean Murphy. Oh my god! <laughs> that whole—you just went through half the lineup. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, dude, that's so bad. That, that's so gross. Yeah, I'd cry. Oh my god, dude. But uh, I mean, Angels like they can they can honestly go after a guy like Tim Anderson, little mid infield bat. Maybe just needs to change the scenery. I think he'll cost more than they're willing to give up. You think so? Yeah. With how with how Tim Anderson's been playing this year? Yeah, he he's still a, like un un other than this year, he's still a good player. I got you. But. Nonetheless, any other trade talk you want to bring up? I'm trying to think if we forgot anybody. Um, off the top of my head, I can't really think. I know the Braves were talking with the Red Sox and getting Adam Duvall back. Yeah. So that just adds more depth. It'd probably mean that either Sam Hilliard or Kevin Pillar is probably going to be heading out. Yeah. But I'm okay with that because Adam Duvall is a brave at heart. Yeah, or sure. like uh, Eddie Rosario. I'd be fine yeah. with giving him up. He's been very bad this season. Yeah, but, man, come on. That's NLCS MVP Eddie Rosario. In case yeah, you didn't pretty... realize, it's not the 2021 NLCS. It is the summer of 2023. Let's, let's get rid of him. Okay, cool. Um, all right. We're, that's going to end it there. Uh, let's get into the SEC season preview. Start off predicting the standings in the East and the West. Start in the East. Tennessee, number one. Yeah. It, Joe, it, Milton, Joe Milton's going to win him. Yeah. East. And, like, well, the only thing that knocks Georgia down to two is that they lost a lot, and Tennessee seems to be getting better. That's it. Yeah. The, the coaching – and the recruiting over there in Knoxville is just something else. Yeah. Like, they're just getting players. Yeah, They're Josh, getting ballers. Josh Heupel has done a fantastic job with his team, especially on the field. Yeah. Because there's a whole lot less mistakes being made by these players than what we've seen from past coaching regimes for them. 
Yeah, like who was it I before? Think, was it was it Pruitt? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt. Yeah, I believe so. Butch Jones. Yeah. Oh, I remember Butch. Lane Kiffin for a couple weeks. <laughs> yeah, but Lane, yeah, Lane's out in fucking Mississippi doing his own thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, Georgia two. Um, you're in the same boat. Yeah. Georgia, right. Georgia at two. Yeah, it's it's the easy pick. These two, yeah, you could probably flip flop them because their only loss would be to the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just up to what what you think. You know, yes, Georgia's lost some players, but they still have fantastic players. They have fantastic coaches, and then for Tennessee, fantastic coaches still have good players and added more. Like, it's all up to interpretation. We'll have to see how that one sorts out, but. Number three is where I think it starts to get interesting because I have South Carolina here, and I think they're very good. The team I have after them, I think they're very good as well. But it's kind of all over the it's all over the place when it looks like you know in the grand scheme what other people are thinking, looking at what the experts or so called experts say. This is where it gets all mixed up. Yeah, like at three, I have Kentucky. Yeah. I think Devin Leary is a phenomenal pickup for them to replace Will Levis. Um, and Mark Stoops is he's he was able to bring in Liam Cohen, who former play caller. He brought him back. He's bringing back. He, I think he got like some two wide receivers from the transfer portal. Um, but they're they're looking good in my yeah. eyes, and that's I think. Devin Leary is really what puts them over South Carolina to me, just because I'm not all in on Spencer Rattler. Yeah. I agree. Um, And then I have Kentucky at four because – I have South Carolina. Yeah, I just think they're in a little bit of a transition phase here in Kentucky, um, and I think that will just kind of knock them down a peg. Yeah, which, I mean, three and four, there's – Listen, if you're not number one, who cares at the end of the day? Yeah. But three and four, you're basically in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah, you had about the same season. Exactly. Uh, This is kind of where it really mixes up here. Vandy, Florida, and Missouri are your three left. I have them in that order, um, but it's certainly just up to interpretation. Yeah, I mean, we've already talked about this. We both have it in that order. Yeah. Mainly because... As much as we hate Florida and would love to put Mizzou above them, Mizzou is on the verge of getting kicked out of the SEC. Yeah, honestly, they suck. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, they're very bad. And and Florida, you know, they lose their only good players to the draft and the transfer portal. They fumbled on a fantastic recruit. Their quarterback next year is about to be Graham Mertz. It's not looking good. Yeah, I, I... I actually will say I like, um, oh my God, Billy Napier. I think he's a good coach. Yeah. This team's just not good. He doesn't have the talent on this team. Yeah. I I agree. And then for I mean, Vandy. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say last year, they just let Anthony Richardson do whatever the fuck they want. They didn't yeah. really have to coach. Yeah. This year, it's going to be. A lot different. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. And then for Vandy, 
I think they're making huge strides. I think they have a good quarterback with AJ Swan. They have good pieces around him. I, I I really do think they're kind of in their transition towards like growing this team and growing this program. Yeah. I I got that. Also, does uh ETN's brother play for Florida? Um, last time I checked he did. Trevor ETN. Yeah. Is, is that that, yeah, I think that's his name. So he's got a little NFL blood in him. Yeah. They're still only going to win two games. <laughs> I'm ready for that. Dude, I'm a Bama fan, but I'm ready for that FSU-Florida matchup. Because the Seminoles about to put a whooping. Is it um, yeah. is it in Tallahassee this year? or is uh, it No, I think, it's, I think it's at the Swamp. You're gonna walk into their own stadium and put a whooping on them like that? Oh yeah, I'm down. I'm in it. Hey, you try to go? Nah. <laughs> you sure? Close to Thanksgiving, bro. Okay. We'll make a family out of it. No. Okay. <laughs> but let's move on to the West. I've got LSU in first over Bama. As much as it hurts, I have the same. Yep. What LSU showed last year, Jaden Daniels, Malik Neighbor, it's fucking gross. Brian Kelly's really changing the culture over there. Yeah, I think he's done a fantastic job with this school. And, you know, they're making huge strides forward quickly. They have fantastic defensive players. They have fantastic offensive players. They have a great coach in Brian Kelly. They've done the right things to get to this point, and Alabama just kind of seems to be falling back a little bit with how much they lost to the draft and how inactive they were you know, in terms of the grand scheme in the transfer portal. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't help that so many people want to go play for fucking Colorado. <laughs> fucking... Prime time, my ass. I hope they don't win a game. You better not say shit about Deion Sanders. I know. I'm not saying about Deion Sanders. It's Colorado. I'm just saying it. Well, he is Colorado. <laughs> Let's be he's honest. Got the, he's got the key to the city. Yeah. All I know is that all the all, all of his kids have NIL deals. They're fucking rolling in merch. It's it's ridiculous. I think it's admirable. Yeah. But nonetheless, Alabama at second is—it's a sign of the times. It is. It, there is a a change in the guard. Georgia has has taken over as the the dynasty, and it seems like everybody's trying to leave Alabama in the dust. Yeah, I mean, it's we're on the decline right now. Yeah, it's the harsh like, reality. Exactly. Like, you can only be good for so long until one piece of the puzzle falls off and then the wheels on the bus fall off. They can't go round and round anymore. Yep. So you're saying that Bryce Young was the piece to the puzzle? I think last year Will Anderson was the piece to a puzzle. Okay. But both of them together, we still didn't fucking win. Yeah, I was about to say, Bryce Young... If you're saying that Bryce Young was the loss, then it's kind no. of interesting he didn't win. We 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 lose guys like that all the time. Like 
when we had when we were known for our running backs and wide receivers there for a little bit, we were getting great recruitments from them because people saw how well they developed for Bama. Yeah. That they wanted to come play. Now we're we're not really getting that. A lot of Alabama, no matter what the sport right now, is getting in trouble. That's a good point. Like Brandon Miller, for example, with basketball. Yeah. Still didn't you guys have a, didn't you guys have like a defensive player get in trouble in uh Florida on like spring break? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure, bro. It's ridiculous. But we're we're they're not seeing those the same Jerry Judy, Derrick Henry, um uh Landon Collins, Ha Ha Clinton Dix, uh those same guys, Amari Cooper. We're not seeing those guys come out of Bama right now, so why do people want to come to Bama? Yeah, they want to play for Nick Saban, but when you're not getting the results, you're not playing the championship every year. Nobody wants to do that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, But let's continue on this ranking. I have Ole Miss in third. That's crazy. Why? Because I have them in fourth. Who's in third? You're not going to like it. I already know who it is. We already recorded this episode before. Saying you're crazy. Nah, bro. You are. You've lost your shit, man. Book the tension between Petrino and Jimbo because they're gonna they're gonna start clicking here in a no, minute when not, they do. Dude. Why are when, you trying to believe in Texas A and M? Because I know you don't. Why do they need you then? Everybody needs me. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um. Everybody needs to be there. <laughs> but look, it just, none of it clicks. None of it makes sense for them to have this huge turnaround. You know, you got to fall to get back up. Okay. It's just them falling right now. But does getting back up mean winning eight more games? I they're going to do better? I don't know, man. But that's the thing, right? These are just predictions. We don't know anything. Oh, duh. But I'm saying, like, from what we see right now, there's not a single thing that convinces me that Texas A&M is going to make this huge leap. Maybe they come in fifth in this side of the division, or in this side of the conference. That's wild. I don't think so. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, you already said your number four is Ole Miss. My number four is Auburn. Yeah, you're going to say it's crazy. I think they've done the right things with what they could so far. I think they have. Yeah, there's some things that maybe don't make sense right now, but I think will. I just think that this revamped coaches, and you don't have to deal with this issue with Harson and the switch and all of this shit going on. You have your coach. You've got players. You've got good players. They had a good transfer portal. I don't see why they can't have a good turnaround. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. But at the end of the day, because so I'm not a big fan. Their their quarterback situation, Peyton Thorne, I think is his name. Yeah, I think you're right. He's not much better than Robbie Ashford, and we all saw how that ended up last year. Like, come on now. I don't know. They, I, they, I just... they, 
they haven't had a good passing game till since Bo Nix left. Yeah. What uh was Stidham Stidham before was before he was before Bo Nix, right? Yeah. Or after? Before. Yeah. Bo Nix was like the last like real quarterback that they had. And then he, he left. But I yeah, you can rely on their new defensive coordinator, Ron Roberts. Because he's really solid. Yeah. Um, mainly because you know how many r- yards they gave up on the run last year? How many? 172.7 yards a game. Yeah, it's on the, gr- on the ground. Yep. And in college, usually it's the passing that kills everybody. Mm-hmm. But for Auburn, it's everybody. It's everything. So it's just one of those things I'm not a big fan of. But, you know, I always root for good football. That's all I want. I want to be able to crack open a cold beer on a Saturday, sit down on the fucking the couch and watch good football. All right. Well, let's talk about the guys that aren't playing good football this year. The bottom three. <laughs> hey. Oh, nah, so. These teams oh, are actually so. going to be pretty good. I have Mississippi State in fifth. I think they could be better. I just I question the coaching situation with with the passing of Mike Leach and all these changes we're going to see to this program. I just I question how good they can really be. Yeah, I mean, what? Who's the new coach? Is it Zach Arnett? Um, I think so. And I think he he brought in a new offensive coordinator. Kevin, Kevin something, Kevin, Kevin Barbe. Yeah, he he's he loves the deep ball. He is a pass heavy kind of guy. Um, I don't know. We'll just see if Will Rogers can handle it. Yeah, that's the biggest. I don't. I don't think Will Rogers is good. Like, yeah, he's gonna put up numbers. They were in the air raid offense. Yeah. But he's not that good. Yeah, I mean, really, it's just you're going to have to rely on your defense this year, mainly your two linebackers, Jet Johnson and Nathaniel Watson. Yeah. Because those guys are dogs. Yeah. Uh, but let's run through the rest of this list. We're, we're holding it off a little long. But uh, I've got Arkansas at 6 and A&M at 7. Uh, I, basically, my list was LSU, Bama, A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn. I still can't believe you have Auburn in last. It's crazy. Part of it's the bias. Okay. As long but as you can admit that, that's fine. Only like 20% of it's the bias. I don't know. I think it's more. I think you're being biased in saying that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the teams that we think will end the season in the top 25. I think LSU, Tennessee, UGA, Bama are all top tens for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, they're going to be one loss, undefeated type teams. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I think Ole Miss is the top 15 team. You really you really want me to say, Mike, because I already know you're going to clown me. Not say it. I mean, I got top 20 is A&M coming at 17. Great. I think it's where they'll <laughs> – and then, and then top twenty, like in between twenty and twenty-five, I got Kentucky and Ole Miss. 
Okay. And then right on right on the border, I got South Carolina playing in that mix too. Yeah, I, I think Ole Miss is like probably somewhere from like seventeen to like thirteen. That's like their window. I think South Carolina's window is kind of like twenty two to seventeen area. And then I think Kentucky's like a fringe top twenty five. Okay. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll just have to see because there's a lot of new players and a lot of new yeah, coaches. For sure. A lot of changes in the SEC. Um, yeah. But the teams that we think will make the college football playoff kind of already know this. But I think Tennessee and LSU, because they win that conf- like win the divisions of the conference, mm-hmm. I think they'll both go undefeated until the conference championship. I think they'll for sure make it in. Yeah. No, absolutely, because no matter what, so they uh, they don't play each other this year, do they? I don't think so. That could throw a wrench in my entire idea. I didn't yeah, I, told, to I totally forgot to look at that one. Give me one second. Because <laughs> I, well, I need to look at their schedule real quick, because if they play each other, then where They do not. I, they don't? No. Okay, then we're good. We're good. So they'll both be undefeated going into the SEC championship. And then whoever loses will take the number three spot. And whoever wins will take the number one spot. Yeah. And then, and then honestly, Ohio State and Michigan. Well, the thing is, is Georgia and Bama kind of have a chance to still make it in. Because if both of them are one-loss teams and their loss is to like the conference championship teams, they've got a, a chance to make it in over – Maybe, you know, a Michigan or Ohio State team that wasn't very good, lost to the other one, and we're kind of in the same boat as Georgia or Alabama. I don't I don't know, man. The, the committee does not want to put three SEC teams in there. I know, but they, they should at least get the respect if they deserve it. Yeah. I think Ohio State's still going to be elite this year. Yeah. Um, just like their, their wide receiver group. It's so good. Yeah, I agree. So good. But also, Blake Corum and J.J. McCarthy at Michigan is also very good. Uh, J.J. McCarthy is not very good. The combo between him and Blake Corum are. Yeah, Blake Corum is exceptional, which brings up J.J. McCarthy's okay to to, very good. To good. Okay (laughs) to good. Yeah. Uh, But let's talk, like, Specific player wise, who are some guys that you think have a chance to get the Heisman out of the SEC? All right, number one, I'm a, I'm gonna get I'm gonna throw a defensive player in there, Perkins from LSU. He is a dog. He like, is. if he balls out like Will Anderson did, his name will be up there. Yeah, uh, obviously, I like Joe Milton and Jaden Daniels. I think they're the easiest picks. Yeah, um, just because they'll be best player on the best teams. You got Judkins from Ole Miss. Yeah, Quinchon Judkins is going to be insane this year again. He'll probably Carson average Beck. like 120 rushing yards a game. Carson Beck has a chance to be good, but we, we haven't seen a lot, so it's hard to say now that he will be. Brock Bowers. Yeah, Brock Bowers could be absolutely insane this year. Um, So there's there's some chances. It's hard nowadays to go away from a quarterback. Yeah, just because they control so much of the game. Yeah. But I mean, I just I'd love to see a defensive player win it. Honestly, yeah, I would as well. Uh, but let's talk kind of position groups. Let's 
let's see who's got the best who's the best running back in the SEC. So number one, I'm going Judkins from Ole Miss. Yeah, easy pick. Guy's a monster. He's gonna be insane this year. He was insane last year. Yeah. And then number two, Raheem Sanders from Arkansas. Okay, I got Jace McClellan number two, but I got Raheem third. Yeah. Jace is my number three. Yeah. They're they're both fantastic. They're gonna be fantastic this year. No, nothing else to say. Like Jace McClellan's gonna start getting the starting snaps as well because he was yeah. playing second string to Jameer Gibbs. So I, I think they're both be very good parts of their team. Yeah. And then in the wide receivers, we'll go ahead and just give the honorable mention to Brock Bowers. He doesn't quite fit as a wide receiver, but I didn't add tight ends. Yeah. Brock Bowers it's... would be number one if this was all pass catchers. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll go – Malik Neighbors at number one. Yeah, he's the easy pick. Guy's crazy good. Um, it, it like perfectly just took away the number one spot on that team from Keishon Butte last year. Like it, it was remarkable what we saw out of Malik Neighbors last year, and, and I can't wait to see more of it this year. Yeah, and number two, I got. Uh, I always I butcher this name, Ienis Smith. Yeah. Uh, Texas A&M, really like he's really talented, but he, the quarterback situation has just never really helped him. Mm-hmm. It's, at Texas A&M, it's been a revolving door at quarterback, but I think with Connor Weigman, I think I, he's he's their locked guy right now. So I think having that permanent QB for right now is really going to help him step up. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's certainly going to help. I think he's going to be fantastic for that team. Um, but I will say, like, I really like Dominic Lovett. Uh, Georgia snatched him up in the transfer portal out of Missouri. And he was good at Missouri last year, but kind of playing for nothing. They're a bad team. And, you know, he got to show off what he can do, but didn't really get the opportunity to, like, show out on a national level. At Georgia, he's going to be showing out everybody's going to have eyes on him and he'll be playing for the reason of winning. And that's going to yeah. be huge for him. Agreed. Great right. pick. Who's your third guy? Um, Antoine Wells Jr. Respect. Good from pick. South Carolina. He's a transfer from James Madison. He His last season at James Madison finished the season with 1,250 yards which is phenomenal. Anything over a thousand yards for a wide receiver in a season is fantastic. Yeah. But uh, no, that's who I got at three. I think with him and he's getting a better quarterback, Spencer Rattler, not great, but better. Yep. Uh, My third guy, I like Will Shepard from Vandy. Uh, I think there's a lot of guys you can choose from, but I think Will Shepard staying at Vandy is huge to me. Shows that he wants to kind of grow with this team. And, you know, as a young player, doing that is very respectable. And seeing that Vandy is on this upward trajectory, um, I think that Will Shepard is going to be a huge help, especially with A.J. Swan at quarterback. Their connection is going to be great. So I think that'll be a huge, huge partnership. And Will Shepard will have a great season. Yeah, dude, I've seen some crazy shit being said. With So 
AJ Swan's going into his sophomore year yep. this year. Halfway through his freshman year, even though he's getting fucking obliterated, people are saying that AJ Swan is one step away from being NFL ready. Yeah. And I'm just the kid just got out of high school. Let him play in college. Let him still have fun before he's being criticized online and everything yeah. like that or praised. Ask Will Levis about that. Yeah. <laughs> how how NFL ready was he when he was sitting waiting for his name to be called? Yeah, exactly. Nothing. That was but, still so much fun. That 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 <laughs> podcast shit was so fun. It was. Um, let's get into the defensive players. Uh, we already talked about him with the Heisman candidates, Harold Perkins from LSU. This guy's crazy. Oh, he's the real yeah. deal. Last year he was a freshman, and he's already getting compared to Micah Parsons. That that's that's enough to tell you that this guy is the best defensive player in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, listen to his twenty twenty two stats: seventy two total tackles, thirteen tackles for loss, seven and a half snacks or snacks. <laughs> That's a preview to the top three, bottom three. Oh, dude, I think my stomach's just growling. <laughs> one one interception, two pass breakups, and four forced fumbles at the linebacker spot. Yeah. Like, bruh. I was about to say, he's got some real good control only having that many snacks in a season. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I hate you. But yeah, the big thing for him is that every week last year, he just continued to improve. And I think he's just going to continue to do that this year, and he's just going to stand out. No, he's if he stays on this right track, bro. It, easy pick for SEC Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, definitely. All right. Who's your second guy? Dallas Turner. Love it. From Alabama, dude, linebacker, absolutely gross. Let's see, twenty twenty two stats. 37 total tackles, eight tackles for loss, four sacks, two forced fumbles, one pass breakup. Oh, and one one uh, fumble recovery for a touchdown. Yeah. So, it's, but here's the thing. He got overlooked last year because the guy next to him was number two pick in the NFL draft. Yeah. So. Well, I thought he was or, third. No, no, third, my bad. Dude, I keep forgetting that uh, uh, fucking, yeah. yeah, that whole Houston Cardinals trade really fucked me up. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, I, I like that pick. He's insanely good, but I went a different route with Bama. I went for Kool-Aid McKinstry. I think this guy's the real <laughs> deal. He, he is so goddamn good, and in a secondary that certainly made its fair share of mistakes last year. He uh, that's, was, that's being generous. Yeah. He was the bright spot of this, you know, secondary, but easily one of the best players on that defense last year. And when you have guys on that defense like Will Anderson, it's pretty hard to be in that conversation, but Kool-Aid certainly was. And I think that next season is going to be no different. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the dude's right. a baller. Who's your he, third? He, he came in fourth for me. Because gotcha. third, I just like the way this guy plays a little bit better. And that's Malachi Starks. Yep. Safety from Georgia. I'm in the same boat, man. Man is insanely good at what he does. Last year, 68 total tackles, one and a half tackles for loss, two interceptions, seven pass breakups. Crazy. He he was a true freshman last year. 
Yeah. Insane. What the fuck? Yeah, and he plays safety and he plays linebacker, and, and that versatility is crazy. It's it's insane to see yeah. out of such a young player to play at that high of a level, win a national championship, not lose a single game, and you're a true freshman just flying all over the field. Like That's huge, and I got a feeling that his abilities are going to be shown even more with all the departures they had from this team. Yeah, and you ready for this? He allowed one touchdown in coverage last year. Shit, dude. Like, what? So, with Georgia, with him having Starks and Bullard, bro? Yeah. Your quarterbacks better watch out, bro, because it's about to get ugly. Yep. It's it's insane. Um, Yeah, anything else? Closing statements for the SEC. Buckle up, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's going to be a good season. Well, let's get lit. Yeah, it's going to be one to watch just across the board in the, in uh, in college football. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm ready to crack open a cold beer on the couch every Saturday and just watch football. Yep. And Dude, um, let's do it. Let's get into the top three, bottom three, lunch table snacks. Um, let's go. In the version of this episode that wasn't recorded, um, we missed a ton of things. Not today. <laughs> on Not, the top. This one. And Not this one. And it almost just seemed right that I never clicked record when we started so that we could run it back and right our wrongs. Obviously, it's lunch table snacks. No main courses. No turkey sandwiches. No cold spaghetti, like Colin said uh, hey. when we originally <laughs> recorded this. Cold spaghetti. I, don't ask. I couldn't explain it. nothing else no ravioli whatever it's got to be a snack and i've got the first pick on the top colin's first on the bottom and i stick with my number one overall pick it's still gushers gushers are unbelievable okay that's that's a great pick i know you're a big fan of gushers and that's all i'm gonna say but i'm redeeming my first pick I'm changing it up. Give me the Oreos. All right. You you looking for double stuff or are you going to be okay with a regular Oreo? I'm okay with just a regular one. Okay. Honestly, because it's lunchtime. And yeah. if people see that I, I whip out a double stuffed Oreo, they're going to be like, hey, bro, let me get one. Uh, but hey. I think that speaks to the the magnitude of that lunchtime. It's, it speaks to the hype, bro, but I'm okay with just a – a regular stuffed Oreo. All right, I got to ask you this because I know it's a popular conversation. Do you dip them in water? No. Okay, good. Why the fuck would I do that? It's a thing that people do, and I don't understand it. Yes, I eat fucking cold spaghetti, but I'm not a psychopath. Yeah, well, just just wait until we talk about the other thing that I'm not letting you get away with again. <laughs> Once again, I will not let you get away with it. But we'll get to that on the bottom. <laughs> okay. Uh, my second overall pick. I'm gonna steal this one from you. I'm taking zebra cakes. <laughs> I had okay. to. I had to okay. steal that because they're fantastic. They're cakey. Oh, yeah. they, they're a perfect light cake with that thick layer of frosting in the middle. The great icing on the outside with the chocolate stripes. Like, bro, it doesn't get better. Yeah, you know, I'm sticking. I'm sticking with my fruit. Give me strawberries. Yeah, it's elite. 
strawberries the be- the the easily the best fruit that you could have at lunch. Yeah, the close seconds is grapes. The only problem is that if they sit in your lunchbox for too long, they get a little mushy. Yeah, but you just can't let that happen. How do you how do you stop that? It's a trick. I can't I can't tell everybody, but Napo. An ice Strawber- pack. Strawberries are phenomenal. Yes, I, I can agree with that one. And um, for my final pick on the top, oh man, yeah, I got I got to stick to to little Debbie's. I'm going Nutty Bars. Yeah, back to back little Debbie's. I enjoy these on a whole other level. It is unworldly. The amount of j- enjoyment that I get from eating a nutty bar. Okay. The, like, as a child, and I still do it to this day, I eat it in layers. I was about to say, it's phenomenal. Yeah. You, you pull so off good. the top layer. It's got a little bit of peanut butter left on it, a little bit stuck to the other layers. Eat that top layer. Pull the next layer off. Eat that layer. Then you get the bottom layer. Eat that layer. Like, we get it. Bro. We get it. We get it. Nutty bars crazy good all right i might get clowned for this one you just because will i'm using it but give me the cheese and snack mix oh i love it i love the cheese and snack mix it's so a little puff, the puff balls the rice balls yep so good the little the little toast things <laughs> bro so good Yes, yeah. so honestly, I think people sleep on the fact that there's actually Cheez-Its in there. Yeah, but Cheez-Its <laughs> are overrated. I get it for everything else. Nah, I, I still fuck with Cheez-Its. Yeah. I, I, I take I, goldfish over Cheez-Its any day of the week, but you put white cheddar Cheez-Its? I like, I like the extra toasty. Really? I'm not a big fan. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't like like the, the them to be like crazy hard. Mm-hmm. Fuck's that supposed to mean? <laughs> All right. You got any honorable mentions? Of course. <laughs> How could All I right. not? Cosmic I brownies got, were enjoyable as a young boy. I, I got three honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah. Number I, one, give me a Rice Krispie treat. Yeah. Solid. Especially Fucking the one with the oil. M&Ms in it. Yeah. Or the chocolate drizzle. The chocolate yeah. drizzle. It's a, it's a minor detail. It makes it so much better. Yeah, it's crazy. Just... Mm. All right, what you got next? You got any more? Uh, yeah, uh, peanut butter pretzels, fire, fire. And with these ones, I'm also particular about how I eat them. Toss you them eat the one mouth. half? No, I toss it in my mouth, and then I bite it in half, and I eat the pretz or the peanut butter out of the inside on one side of my mouth, and the pretzel on the other. <laughs> That's so weird, but okay. I'm sorry. It's just, right. I've always done it. Next, give me a bag of Doritos. Yep. Which Doritos? Just nacho cheese. Okay. I just, I feel like there's better options than nacho cheese. Yeah, I mean, you can get the, the sweet, spicy chili or whatever. Fire. Absolutely. I remember at school, I used to crunch up the bag, open it up, and just pour it in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Even Cool Ranch. Cool ranch, especially when you get one that's just absolutely chock full of seasoning. Yeah. All right. Last one. Um, give me the Quaker Chewy bars. 
Okay. Beautiful stuff. Just a, an all-time classic chocolate chip or peanut butter chocolate chip. Either one, fire. Don't bring up those goddamn yogurt ones, though. They're ass. What the fuck, man? <laughs> See, that's the like beauties it. of us already doing this entire episode, is that I know what he's going to say. <laughs> I like him. But no, I'm going to the other little Debbie that we just totally forgot. And that's the Swiss cake roll. Hey, man, that's on you. What? You could have taken it. I had my picks for little Debbies. I know. And I felt that my Oreos were better than zebra cakes because zebra cakes are up there, but Oreos are God tier. Are they? Do you enjoy? Well, okay, let's let's do this. Let's say, would you rather have two zebra cakes or four Oreos? I'd probably go with four Oreos. That's crazy. To satisfy me the same way the two zebra cakes would, I would need like 10, 10 Oreos. Zebra cakes are just so goddamn good. See, it's just like, I don't know, man. It's just the way I've been living recently. All right. Fair All right. Enough. You're, you ready to kick off the bottom? Yeah. Let's do it. All right. Give me carrots. You fucker. <laughs> you motherfucker. Give me carrots. It's good. I hate carrots. I never want to see those little orange pieces of shit in my lunchbox. Yeah, they suck. Unless you got like some hummus. Then I'd rather I have could, pita chips though. Yeah, hummus. I could I could tolerate that. Yeah. If they if they have hummus, but yeah. well, if if, if I if I get like nothing to dip them in, like yeah. no applesauce, no ranch, no hummus. You don't then eat ranch. I don't want. I tried it the other day. It's not bad. Oh, where'd you go? Yeah, and I, I had I had a little bit today on my uh, salad from Zaxby's. So nice. they're south they're Southwest Ranch. Yeah. Okay. Look at that. We're growing up. <laughs> All right. Well, since you took my original vegetable, uh, I'm gonna take a different one. I'm gonna go broccoli. I, oh. There were certainly kids that came to school with broccoli. They brought it with ranch every single time. First of all. I don't want my broccoli room temperature. It's not going to stay cold. Yeah. And I don't want it room temperature. I, I, I really don't even want it cold, honestly. I'd rather have broccoli steamed, even put in the oven. Like, there's much better ways to eat broccoli than cold. I respect that. I like that we both took the vegetable route. Dude, nobody wants vegetables at lunch. Let's be honest. We're some unhealthy kids. We were. I'm coming back in it. Give me checks mix. Yeah, you're crazy. I just I don't like checks mix. Insane. I have the giant bag downstairs of checks. Yeah, and you're psychotic. No, I don't even know. I don't even know how we're friends, Grayson. I think I could figure it out, but um, that's not a conversation for the <laughs> podcast. Um, well, no, checks mix well, is great. Welcome to Colin Grace's therapy session. Yeah, that's how we're going to fill the time that we, <laughs> the well, that time that we cut out of this episode. <laughs> um, no, Chex Mix is fire. I, I can't let you get away with that. I'm just not a fan. That's for me. Crazy. Not even but, like the yeah. other flavors of Chex Mix? No. The only, the only good, like, so the little Chex Mix, the Chex pieces itself, Muddy Buddies. Yeah, of course. Those are great. But like the cheddar 
Chex Mix nah. is fire. The bold Chex Mix is fire. Nah. Crazy. Nah. All right. Well, my next pick, I'm going to go Raisins. Raisins? Yeah, they're ass. Raisins are so fucking gross. Like, I'll, I'll, I will tolerate them in a, in a trail mix, but I specifically mean those weird-ass kids that showed up to school with a little red carton of sun-made fucking raisins. They're gross. Absolutely gross. Like, a horrible texture. It, like, they're, they're not... I don't even know what to say. Like, they're... They're not gross, I guess, like flavor-wise, because it's just a grape. But you don't get the satisfaction of eating a grape. You take all of that out when you dehydrate it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I hate raisins. I got you. All right. My last pick, I just thought of this one off the fly, and I realized how much I hated them when my dad used to pack them for me. Fucking wheat thins. Oh, dude. There is some good-ass... Wheat thins. Yeah, but I'm talking about just like the original. Okay, that's fair. Normal wheat thins that my dad used to pack me. Yeah. Because he was like, he my dad's old, okay? So he likes all the weird shit. <laughs> dad's, my dad started sending me to lunch with tuna. Like a can? Wanted, what? Can of tuna? No, he would already mix it up, everything oh. for me. Put it in Tupperware. And he was like, yo, just scoop it with a wheat thin and you'll be okay. And oh. the first time I did it, I almost threw up in school. You should have called defects. <laughs> no, nah, my parents, my, they had defects called them once already. I okay. couldn't do that that's, to them again. That's not. I'll cut that out. <laughs> uh, my bad. Hold on. Let me, let me make a note because I don't want Susan getting mad at me over that. She won't care. I make jokes about it the whole time. I know. But. That's that's information that doesn't need to be out. <laughs> okay. My bad, everybody. Okay. Back to what you're saying. You hate wheat thins. Yes. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm cool with them. They're not great. Certainly not great. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent on them. I will say, I've been getting into Triscuits recently. They got some good ass flavors of Triscuits. How old are you? Twenty. Okay. Hey, What's your next pick? What's your next pick? Okay, I'm I'm going with the string cheese that's yellow and white spun together. It sucks. It sucks. sucks so fucking bad. Like they separate too easily the two colors because they're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to be able to put two cheeses together like that. Tell me how you really feel. Like that's that's not how science works. You can't have two processed cheeses and just smash them together and think they're gonna combine. That's what pisses me off. Is it like yes, they taste like shit, but you go to peel it and you just pull the full white part off of the yellow part. Yeah, it's crazy. Ooh, I agree. All right, I agree. That's the draft. Uh, honorable mentions at the bottom. Um, I think a banana that's been sitting out too long. Yeah, like a real mushy one. Yeah. Yeah, those suck. Uh, healthy yogurt. Yeah. Yep. I think the, I think the one that I'm thinking of is like a Dannon one. 
I was I was a big yogurt guy. I did like basically. I liked yo like I like Greek yogurt. I love we talked about this when we recorded this the first time. Chobani flips. Fire. Yeah. Um I'd even indulge in like a vanilla oikos. But um yeah, can't fuck with the uh whatever the fuck they're called, healthy yogurts. I got you. And that's really like the only I do have one more. I have to bring the story back up because <laughs> I didn't take it in the actual draft, so I have to bring it up. A whole unpeeled kiwi. There <laughs> ah. was somebody, I'm pretty sure it was a girl, that sat near me at lunch in middle school that would always have a kiwi in her lunch, and it was never peeled or sliced or nothing. She would sit there and peel it with her fingers and then eat the whole kiwi. And it bothered the shit out of me, and I don't know why. It just it bothers me. So, so weird. Like, I don't even really like kiwi all that much in the first place, so that didn't help. That's just so weird. It is. But, um, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us. And gladly, at this point where I'm saying this, I'm looking up, and it's actually saying that we recorded for an hour and a half. How beautiful Thank is that? Thank um, goodness. <laughs> Colin, I am so sorry that we had to go through this tonight. It's okay. But... To the people that did listen to this episode, I appreciate you. The way you could show your appreciation to me, as always, is follow us on all of our social media accounts, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever. Follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts so you can keep up with everything with the audio. And then on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, like, comment, and make sure you're keeping up with everything we're putting out there. Um, you know, throwing up a couple of shorts here and there always putting up the episodes. So that's always going to be there for you. And then, um, yeah, leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify just to help us out a little bit. And uh, make sure you're sharing it with a friend. Make sure that you don't let a single person you know go without knowing that your favorite podcast exists and that they must listen to it. So, Colin, thank you once again for uh, being on with me twice. <laughs> anytime, anytime. Let's just not let this happen again. Yeah, yeah. We'll try not to let this happen again. Uh, I'll put a big reminder on my wall. Click record when you're actually going to start the episode. Um, that sounds good. But that's going to do it for us, guys. We'll catch y'all. I'll catch y'all later this week. Me and Colin will both catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.